Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's Sermon Podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Let us pray. Oh, good and loving God, we pray for your Holy Spirit that through these various voices and human words, we might once again hear your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the many changes brought by the Protestant Reformation was a reformed understanding of vocation, of one's purpose or calling in life, of one's work. Prior to Martin Luther and John Calvin, the common thinking was that the perfect life was one that was devoted to serving God outside of the world, withdrawn from the world, untainted by physical labor, to be a priest or to live and serve in a convent or monastery. Those who worked in the world were thought to be engaged in a less worthy way of life and were in some ways considered second-class Christians. Reformers like Luther and Calvin reframed our understanding of work. The work of lay people was not inferior to the priests. It was simply different. And we're not called out of the world. We're called to live out our faith in the world, in our everyday lives. To do something for God and to do it well became the fundamental hallmark of authentic Christian faith. All human work, even household chores, said Luther, is capable of glorifying God. However we live out our faith in whatever occupation or vocation we labor, paid or unpaid, recognized by many or only acknowledged by a few, all of it, when motivated by and offered in service to God, is a way to glorify God. Sometimes it's difficult to see how our work is a job or a calling from God. Sometimes we need some prompting or practice in order to see how our labor can be useful to God. Rather than hear from me this morning or one of the other pastors, I thought it would be helpful on this Labor Day weekend to hear from others. I asked them to reflect on these questions. How has their faith impacted their work? How has their work impacted their faith? Or how have they seen God at work through their work? Thank you to Debbie and Fred and Sean and Betsy for taking the time to reflect on these questions. My name is Debbie Palmer. I work as a guardian through Guardianship Support Agency, a small nonprofit. The Orphan's Court of Lehigh County appoints the agency as guardian, and then I work for the agency. There are two types of guardians, guardian of person who makes daily life and medical decisions, and the guardian of estate who makes financial and property decisions for adults who may have intellectual disabilities, dementia, a head injury, or mental illness that interferes with the person's ability to receive information, process it, and communicate a decision. Now, if you've seen the movie, I Care A Lot, 
which has the log line, a court-appointed legal guardian defrauds her older clients and traps them under her care, or if you follow Britney Spears' conservatorship, another word for guardianship, you may wonder how a Christian can be a guardian. Let me assure you that not all guardians take advantage of their people, but it is true that guardians have power over their wards. So I try to remember that God limited God's power for the love of us, as we see in the Noah story and in the gift of Jesus Christ, where God became human for us. So I attempt to follow God's good example and encourage my folks to speak for themselves, providing choices and choosing the least restrictive living arrangement. I'm always mindful of this power. I don't think I would have found the joy and pleasure in my work if I'd done it in my 30s. First Presbyterian Church prepared me by lifting up God's love for those the world calls the least of these. When I was younger, I would have thought that the least of these are people I should help. But I was ready when I was older to discover that the least of these are beautiful human beings in whom I can take delight, as I'm certain God takes delight. So I have a few brief stories to share with you. Mr. CJ walked everywhere, loved the out of doors, regularly laid in the sun in the city parks. He entertained me with stories of going AWOL in France during World War II. I suspect his officers weren't as amused as I was. He had this contentment and a fullness of life I found enviable although he had almost no personal belongings. Through Mrs. A, God reminded me about self-giving love. I, bought, brought, I had bought her some shoes, went back to the store for a larger size, then decided that the first pair really fit her better. It was the end of the day, I was really tired, and I just wanted to leave that pair of shoes there and go home, but I had a nudge. So I took the shoes back and retrieved the original pair. Now, Mrs. A had severe dementia, and she had never said a, a logical or rational thing to me in the time that I had known her. So I was tying her new, original new pair of shoes on her foot, and she takes my face in her hands and says to me as clear as day, I love you. For several years, I invited this one young man with intellectual disabilities to my house for dinner with the same group of people. He had a trust that afforded him to travel and to go to concerts. He talked nonstop about all the fun he had, which the other folks couldn't afford. In frustration, I finally stopped the dinners. But later, I really regretted it. I remembered that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, I wished I'd hung in there with him. Grace works. One of my younger ladies who had mental illness ended up in the Transitional Living Center, a Lehigh Valley mental health residential program, which had a gracious and caring staff. Her county case manager was also extremely gracious. 
Ms. D was an avid learner. She worked the program and bloomed with the gift of grace and is now out of guardianship. Lastly, I learned forgiveness. Sorry. One of my lady's granddaughters was angry about her grandmother having a guardian. She had dressed me down several times. Now her grandmother had several um, body systems which were in decline, and the doctor and I had decided that it was a good time for hospice. While the granddaughter was speaking to the doctor, I forced myself to go over and tell her about the decision I had made, expecting that she was going to be very angry at me. Before I said a word, she turned to me and said, I am so sorry for the way I've treated you. I was totally flabbergasted. As a guardian, I enter into the life of people who never invited me to come in. They often have medical problems. I'm so sorry. Few family members who visit or much to enrich their life. Through all of this, we learn to be honest with each other. I learned to ride the waves of their emotions, not taking their anger too much to heart. Through the good and the bad, we usually grow pretty close. It's an amazing gift from God. I'm Fred Pruninger, an elder, but currently not serving in office. The last time I spoke to the congregation, it was from that lectern, and it was for the stewardship campaign. And I was asking for your time, your talent, and your treasures. I see fear and cringing creeping <laughs> through the congregation. Don't worry, I won't ask for money this time, not directly. But I want to continue with that message. Uh, congregations sometimes ask, uh, sometimes use stewardship testimonials from members. And what I have to say is a little bit of that. I'm one of those people for whom stewardship ministry is very important. I like to talk about money and values, purpose and priorities, community and cooperation. I started Sunday school at, and church at age five when my mother took me there hoping some good would come of it. I was baptized and confirmed, and over several years, I sort of made a deal with God about my calling in life. What is a calling? Lori Santos is a professor of psychology at Yale who teaches courses and runs what's called the Happiness Lab. Her courses are the most popular ever taught at Yale. She finds that people may have a job or a career or a calling. It's like the three stonemasons who were at work and someone asked them what they were doing. The first one said, laying bricks. The second one said, building a wall. And the third said, constructing a cathedral for God. I have worked in a career in semiconductor manufacturing starting at AT&T, where several members of this church also worked. I know their values about stewardship and church membership and participation and work are very much like mine. I'm still working at a job these days. I enjoy sharing tasks and projects with others and a sense of team accomplishment. 
Josh Lully at the 830 service spoke about some of this in his engineering job, which is like mine. I'm trying to live at the crossbar of the symbol of our faith, the cross. For me, the vertical post of the cross represents my relationship with God, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. But the crossbar is what Jesus added, and that's what differentiates Christianity from any other faith or any other path to God. To me, it represents how we should relate to God's children all around us. And the new laws, those new covenants of Jesus, like do unto others as you would have them do to you, love your neighbor as yourself, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it for me. I know that big companies have not always been good citizens in the treatment of workers, the environment, and other effects on humanity. My present company is a little unusual, perhaps, and certainly in my experience, in its generous support of charities. It matches 100% of the charitable donations that its employees like me make, up to a limit. Beyond Gail and I, beyond our long-term support of the ministries and missions of this church and congregation, choose to give as much money as we can to the second greatest ministry, I believe, of this community, that of Al Jennings, the Community Action Coalition. And recently, my company gave our local office funds to give to local charities of our choice. I was happy that the committee followed one of my suggestions to give money to the Nature Conserv uh, to the Wildlands Conservancy, which is actually, uh, and to do a team building workday there. That's where Megan Sherino, who spoke earlier this morning also, has found her calling. In fact, I met Megan at an evening with Family Promise here at this church, where I got to know her and know what she does. Yet another great mission and ministry of this church. There's so much to do, and there's so much that is done by this church. I get up every morning looking forward to go to work for God. I'm gonna squish oh, right squish in here, right in okay. Here. Hi, Betsy Metzger. Oh, hey, Sean Metzger. It's nice to see you. <laughs> Can everybody hear us? Yes? Okay. Right. So I guess we're supposed to talk about work. Well, yeah. Did you read the emails that Pastor Carter sent? Uh, I skimmed them, but then, well, you know what they say. One day you're you know, young and cool, the next day you're 40, and oh, is that a yellow sap sucker? <laughs> well, cool. Cool. So you didn't read. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're supposed to talk about work, and we have five minutes. He was very clear about the five minutes. Okay. Sounds easy. Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, you go to work, uh, and you listen to some true crime podcasts, and occasionally you get up at night and go to deliver a baby. Uh, did I get that right? Uh, nailed it. I'm a family <laughs> medicine doctor, so pretty much that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Not a pediatrician. Uh, how can I forget? Sidebar for a fun story. Come ask us about our first date. It uh, was awful. Okay. <laughs> so what do you say when people ask what you do? 
Oh, that's, that's a little complicated. Um, I used to say that I'm a web developer, uh, or I'm a software engineer, or a tech consultant, uh, and I still am. Um, but now, you know, I've decided a while ago to take on the, uh, the role of the primary home parent, you know, stay-at-home dad uh, for our three super cool kids. Um, you may have seen them running around many times before. Mm -hmm. uh, and more recently, I've added the worship tech director role here here at FPCA um, to my interesting CV of life. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of lucky to have several outlets to use my, my talents now. So. so if I asked you, how do you live your faith through your work, what would you say? This is one thing that I've struggled with uh, for some time. Um, being a web developer, I always felt like what I did was a first world solution to a first world problem. Um, it never really felt like I was putting much meaningful content back into the universe. Uh, you know, occasionally I'd get to work for a cool nonprofit organization, uh, but oftentimes I was struggling to understand why I was awake at 2.30 in the morning dealing with a brick emergency uh, while the literal on-call doctor was trying to sleep next to me. Uh, <laughs> that happened. That did happen. Um, and then I took on, you know, being a stay-at-home dad, uh, and I started to find ways to show the love of Christ to our kids uh, and to our family. And on that subject, uh, I see God uh, as I watch our kids grow and as we pray as a family. Then when the tech director position opened up, opened up here at church, that just felt like a natural uh, step for me uh, and also allows me to use my, my gifts of you know, technology know-how uh, to help support the missions of this wonderful church. So. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Uh, you mentioned showing the love of Christ by parenting our kids, but you also do that by supporting me in my job, and you show me a lot of that grace. I try hard to foster relationships with my patients that let them experience some of the grace of God's love through me, and I certainly see Christ in the birth of babies, in the lives and experiences of, that I share with my patients, and even in the difficult times of death. Two good examples of those things. Last week, I had a young patient die very unexpectedly and to have my faith and then know that my pastor's prayers were with me and with that family really helped me through that. And also, just recently, I got to go to Lehigh Valley Pride volunteering for my work, and I got to tell my coworkers that my church and my pastor were there too. That was a really cool witness. I couldn't do any of that without your help to support me. So, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, and I could not do what I do uh, in my office annex up there in the balcony um, if I was also managing the three kids every Sunday. It so, does yeah. get crazy up there. <laughs> yeah. You have your headphones on. <laughs> You're lucky. Um, but I think we do try and see these things as family endeavors. I'm never going to be a tech director at a church, but I can help you do that. And so we both support the church. Uh, and I'll never be a doctor, thank goodness. Um, I, that is not my calling no. card. Uh, but I get to help you help other people, and I love that. Um, I will, however, keep listening to most of the podcasts you recommend. Um, I think we've done a great job at making it look like we have this stuff figured out. Is that the whole truth? Uh, no, yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> but we try, and we keep trying every day, and really that's the best any of us can do, right? Right. So I think we're missing our five, reaching our five-minute limit, so how can we wrap this up? Uh, maybe we could ask people to think about how their faith plays a role in their work, uh, whatever that might look like for you, um, and think about 
how you can share Christ's love by supporting each other's work in the world. Yeah, like praying for our pastors so they can be of comfort to other people or making a friend dinner when you know they've been out helping someone else. Perfect. Also, since uh, no one ever approved what we had to say up here, mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to say, please consider joining the tech crew. Uh, it would be awesome. <laughs> I wrote down eye roll right there, so eye roll. And on that note, thanks for listening to us, and thank you for being a church family that supports us in our work so we can continue to show our faith every day. Didn't I do a great job on that sermon? Let's give thanks again to our three, four people that shared their faith and work. Now let us all go and let our sh light shine before all and go forth not alone, but with the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit, which is with us now and here and will be with us in this coming week and will be with us forever. Let the people say, Amen. Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.